Dad, did you wash my jersey? Mom, can you sign this paper? It's for school. Is there anything else to eat? So what's this fundraiser for? Ooh, can we stop at the library? So when's our next Disney trip? Hey, Dad, can I ride with you? Did you record the soccer game? We are not getting a cat. The laundry is still out of control. Welcome to the Victory Catch Podcast with Rick and Julie Randa, Season 2. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Victory Couch. My name is Julie Rando. And I'm Rick Rando. How we doing tonight? We're doing good. We, we made it to the couch. We did. We're yes. deep in summer, too, Rick. How you holding on there? Are you doing okay I'm, over there? I'm doing okay. I'm yeah. doing okay. I'm doing okay. It's not been too hot. That I haven't probably had has many, helped you. I haven't had many bug bites. So yeah. I, think it's been, I think it's been a good summer overall. A little bit of a sunburn, a little bit of sun poisoning. Mm-hmm. The weather's been... A little bit mild mm-hmm. this summer yeah. thus far. Uh, the days are getting warmer, though, and the heat is upon us. So, uh, yeah. Yeah, well, tis July. These things happen. Tis July. Tis July. <laughs> so, Rick, I think I told you as we sat down, hey, mine are more serious this week, and you were like, oh, I got a fun one. So, yeah. I don't know if you want to kick off with a fun one, but what do you think? Yeah, we all can right. do it. So, if you're new to the couch, first of all, welcome. Thanks for squishing in. Julie's on the right side of the couch. I'm on the left side, and she brings two questions to me that I've never heard. I bring two questions to her, and uh, we go back and forth, maybe share uh, wisdom, mm-hmm. impart some knowledge upon our listeners, and maybe some some fun, some laughs, some stories, reflections, all that good stuff. So uh, yeah. yeah, and we breathe, we breathe, we, we breathe exhale. on the couch. This is where we exhale, people. <sighs> on the couch. All right. So you want my fun one first? I think yes, that would be helpful. Okay. All right. Well. Um, a couple weeks ago, we talked about language. We talked about uh, some of the most fun, fun words, words in the English mm-hmm. language. Right. If uh, you didn't listen to that episode, it's a good one. Um, so it got me thinking, um, what are the most outdated slang words mm. from maybe your youth that you still currently use? Oh, gosh. I feel like we should get Lawson in on this one. <laughs> he would be able to point them out quickly. All right. Let me think on that for a minute. Okay, so, you know, it's funny, actually, one of my best friends visited our house with her daughter the other week, and we got a little nostalgic and went back to high school. We had, I had one high school yearbook that was hanging around, and I had a book that was, I think it was called Remember the Time. They sold them senior year, and you just filled out little sayings, and one of the sections was terms you use or slang, so my brain went to that a little bit, and I guess maybe I use some terms that not everyone did, but I did, I would say hanging like, Hey, we're hanging. I don't think kids these days necessarily say that might, they might say hang out or I don't know what they say, but that might be one. Um, I, you and I both do this. Neither of us are fluent Spanish speakers, but you know, the word chicas like, yeah, you know, hanging with the chicas or (laughs) I don't know. Is that weird? Is that outdated? I'm not sure. Maybe. I don't know. We're also not Spanish speaking, but yeah, I think we say chica sometimes. Mm -hmm. Um, This is a word that I wrote down in that book I'm telling you about from 1999. And what's crazy is 
I vaguely remember using this word and I don't think it was common. So maybe it was just unique to my group. But when we were, let's say, hanging out on a weekend and looking out for, you know, men in that age bracket, I would use the term prospecting or prospecting. What? Yeah. What? Prospecting. Yeah. Like As lo- in for gold? Like or for men. <laughs> like looking okay. for the guys. I don't know why, but that was in my book and your I bird giggled. dog and the chicas? Exactly. See, there's your phrase. <laughs> but we said that. We were like, or maybe I said that. You guys correct me, my friends out there. But I had that in my book and we were like, yeah, I think I do remember saying that. Um, but do you still do that now? Oh, of course. I mean, I have the man. I don't need to do that now. Well, that was the question. Oh, just say it again. That I still say what today. outdated slang um, do you currently say. use? I would say, hang on, sorry. <laughs> Are you okay. prospecting now? I'm not, sorry. Wait a minute here. Wait <laughs> a minute. It's this, late, this, Rick. This thing it's just turns south quickly. Sorry, it's late. I didn't hear it all the way. Okay, sorry, guys. So words that I say now, here's one. And this isn't used all the time, but sometimes I'll say, oh, snap. Like, oh, snap, you know. That's not really a thing that people say anymore, right? I don't think so. No. But you still use it. Okay. Yeah. I guess there's not a ton of slang that I can think of, but that pops up. It's just, I think it's funny to think back to the things we would say. I mean, there's things that we don't say now because of just, you know, the era that we live in. Like no one's saying be kind, rewind, because that's not (laughs) even a thing, you know, like... The kids don't know what that means. They have no clue. No clue. Yeah. I don't know, Rick. What are some things that you say now that are outdated? Well, probably the biggest one that I say is dude. Yeah, you say dude. I all say the time. that a lot. Yeah. And dude can be used in a multitude of oh, ways. Yeah. Right? If somebody wrongs, you're like, dude. Yeah. Or if something's really cruel, you're like, dude. Yeah. Or you can say hello, like, what's up, dude? Boom. Yeah. You use that a ton. That's true. You know. It's like the Italian, forget about it. You know, like you say that, you can mean like 10 things about that, right? That's a Donnie Brasco reference, by the way. But anyway, yeah, dude is is, the epitome of of, Mm -hmm. of my slang words. I say dang it a lot. um, And I guess that's maybe a slang. Dang it? Dang it. Yeah, that's that's the PG way of saying things that we shouldn't be saying. So yeah, it's good. Right? So dang it. And probably the other one is duh. Oh, you do say duh. Yeah, yeah, that's so true. Duh. Not like referring to... Uh, You're not uh, like trying to down someone? Yeah. Yeah. Just, it's, Just like, don't you know? Yeah, it is. Yeah. It, it can be used a couple different ways as well. Yeah. So Yeah, that's true. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, you don't use it in the derogatory, like you're an idiot. You use it in the like, yeah, don't you know? Like chill, like a cool way. <laughs> what? Okay. I like that. Yeah. I, I like that. I like that. I'm just okay. clarifying for yeah, the people. Probably the other word that I've mm-hmm. brought back here recently is oh, gnarly. Yes. Oh, that reminds me. I say rad. You do say you rad. You just made me think of that. There you go. Yeah. Dee had a hat that she got on from the library the other day. And I was like, she's like, do you like it, mom? I'm like, girl, that's so rad. Yeah. So I, I think that's maybe one. And you know who made that okay in my vocabulary? was on Charm City Cakes, our buddy Duff Goldman and his team, they would use the word rad. Mm-hmm. And when I'd hear it from them, I was like, oh, it's okay they're, to they're say They're bringing that. it back. They're bringing yeah, that back. they brought it back maybe like 10, 15 years ago, and I jumped on 
said, yeah, I'm going to use rat again. So I would say don't bring back prospecting, but I think yeah, everything honey, else would I can be good. Leave, yeah, sorry. Yeah, sorry. you can leave I, that. I heard the question incorrectly. <laughs> don't hold it against me. It's We're recording pretty late tonight, guys. It's, my apologies. It's okay. Yeah. It's okay. Well, that's my fun question. Okay. Okay. So out there, people, we want to know what are the words that you're using now currently right from your youth uh, as slang words. So uh, tag us on Instagram. And I'd love to hear from those who are in different generations than we grew up into. I think that would be fun to hear. Like what was popular for you growing up that isn't popular now, but yet you still say. Yeah, yeah. That's a good one. I like that. All right. So I have a couple for you that I said are more serious. I'm going to start with this one. Okay. So I just shared recently that I had a friend up for the week and you know, we've been hosting a fair amount lately. We've had friends around. We've gone over to friends' houses. And our kids have watched us in our adulthood friendships, right? Like they've seen our interactions. And you and I are both really blessed because friendships that we established young in life are still a huge part of our lives now. So my question is, which lessons do you think our kids have learned about friendship by watching our friendships with other people? Well, that's, that's a really good question because, um, you know, I think we can only speculate mm -hmm. by what we think they are learning right. based on what they're seeing. Uh, but I'd say that just like anything else, it, you know, friendships have to be cultivated. Okay. So they happen relatively quick. You know, your neighbor who you live with, or you go to the same Boy Scout troop or you're in the same dance class or maybe, you know, as you get older, the same classes in high school or college, that kind of mm -hmm. thing. And your friendship by like association or friendship by circumstance, that kind of thing. But as you go in life, especially as an adult, you get to choose who your friends are. You know, mm -hmm. I mean, think about it in high school, you're surrounded by these people that you live with, you go to school with, you're in English with, and this is all, you know, you know, even like being friends with somebody, at least when we were younger, being friends with somebody in another school, mm -hmm. especially like a rival school, that was like, that was okay, but it wasn't something that was, you know, like you're not bringing that person to the prom in most cases, you know, if, you know, uh, unless you it want rare, to be booed, you yeah, know, I mean, like, oh, that's somebody from this other school. But mm -hmm. so, so anyway, but now with social media, these friends, these kids right now, they're friends with everybody. Yeah. Just thinking about that in our adult life, we get to choose who we align ourselves with. And so the number one lesson I think that they're learning is that you have to actively pursue keeping friendships um, alive. Yeah, that's the word I was looking for. Yeah, so yeah. so that, that would be sort of number one, whether mm -hmm. it's, you know, it's not just Christmas cards and it's mm -hmm. not just, you know, you call someone on their birthday. It's that you have to call and talk to them and get into their life and say, how can I serve you? How can I help you? How can I pray for you? How mm -hmm. can we walk together to be stronger together than apart? Yeah. So that, that, that's sort of the first thing. The second thing is that by, by being with that person, you can authentically show your real self. And I think that that's important, that you don't have to put in airs or be someone different to try to fit in. Because in, with your true friends, you don't have to do that. Yeah. Your true friends know who you are, so they know when you're trying to be fake. They know when you're using language you don't normally use to try to sound cool or yeah. sound different, you know? And I think that that's... Go, go ahead, you were going to say yeah, something? Yeah, I was going to say, and your kid, if you're a parent, they can pick up on that very quickly if 
dad's relaxed, dad is 100% who he is around this person, or huh, dad, dad feels a little different towards this person. I think they can easily tell how authentic you are in your friendships because they're present with you in your friendships. Yeah, because they you know? know who you are too, because yeah. you're authentic with your kids. So they know when you're real. Right. And they know also, I think the word relaxed, mm-hmm. you know, because you know, out there, you know, people, you, when you're in a social setting, you are quote unquote on, and you know what that means. And I'm saying that in air quotes, especially if you're used to being around people, mm-hmm. that's not your real self. Yeah. I mean, it, it, is, it is, it's a version it's of a you. It's a dialed up, polished yeah, version. It's yeah. not, it's not a, hey, <sighs> Let's let's talk about our laundry. You know, let, let's talk about our failures. Let's yeah. let's talk about where you know we slipped up this week mm-hmm. or what needs to needs to happen. You know, not the shiny Instagram version of yourself right. that you're yeah. putting out there. You know what I yeah. mean? Um, so I think that's sort of the second lesson. And then just the the last lesson is it's okay to be vulnerable. Mm-hmm. It's okay to you know hug and cry. And it's okay to talk about deep, deep things with people that you're closest with. Um, So I think those are just a couple of lessons. You know, Julie, what, what, what can we add to the list? So I have a few. I mean, I think one thing that you said at the top of it was you have to invest in your friendships. Um, You had mentioned, you know, reach out beyond just someone's birthday And I try to be really intentional about this. If I see something that reminds me of someone even the littlest thing, you know, like sending stickers in the mail to someone who, you know, as a toddler or, you know, like whatever it is, I think it's important just to do something that shows, Hey, I was thinking about you. And yeah, I do care what happens in your life. And I do care if you've had a rough life situation, you know, recently and things haven't gone your way or been challenging or, Hey, you, you just got a promotion. Like I, I want to celebrate that alongside of you. So you know, investing in, like you said, in moments, it's tough, especially if you have like, I have a handful of best friends and it's really tricky to invest in each of them equally or consistently. It is hard. It really is. But I think investing is the top thing. I think the kids have learned if you want to keep your friendships, you've got to invest and it's not one-sided, you know, the best friends reciprocate. And You know, there are moments in life where we as people are struggling and we may not be able to pour in as much as we could in a very healthy season of our lives. Um, And a friendship, I think our kids have seen when we have those moments, those like down in the dumps, hard, hard moments, you know, or we're sick or whatever. I mean, we've had a good friend of ours, your best friend, you know, I remember during a I think it was during COVID. I don't know. Or, you know, I was sick, but I didn't have COVID. And I think I had the flu. And I remember him dropping off like Gatorades and crackers and chicken soup, like on the front porch. And, you know, it's, it's like, Hey, I can't reciprocate in that way, but man, look at, look at this friendship. This is what we do for each other. And I think just, you know, watching people invest in us and our friendships and, yeah, it's just it's just cool to see. So I would just say investing is a big thing that I think they've learned. I I I would say I look at it kind of like a gas gauge. Okay. All right. So you know when you get in your car and you turn the car on and you have the gas needle and you know it's never. I mean, it's hardly ever half full. Hmm. You either have more gas than half, or you have less gas 
than half. Mm-hmm. So I think friendships, you know, especially with people that uh, you're close with, you have sort of this gas gauge where if it's at 50%, that means you're pouring in 50, they're giving you 50, but it's never usually like that. Mm-mm. Usually you have an abundance and you're pouring in and you're in a good season and it's like you have all this energy, but there's a, a handful of times where your gas gauge is low mm-hmm. and you need somebody pouring into you. Um, and, and, you know, you can always look at that meter uh, with your friendships. Yeah, but that's w- true. That's what I was trying to get if at. You're, yeah. If you're pouring out all the time, and when it's time when you need some mm-hmm. and they're not pouring back, you know it's not a viable friendship. Mm-hmm. You know it's it's not something that you're going to get out what you put in. And not that you need it mm-hmm. out, but friendships, they understand when you don't have the juice yeah. to drop off the chicken soup. Yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, another one I had that I think our kids have learned so much, and this is a lesson that I don't, I mean, I'll just say it. It's the lesson that friends are truly the family you choose. And what I mean by that is, you know, our kids call a handful of our very close friends aunt and uncle. And their kids, if they have kids, are their cousins. And I hear that term. And when I was a kid, I had, um, you know, a close friend of the family that we called aunt and I still call her aunt to this day and she's not blood, but man, she means the world, you know? So I think that lesson of keeping those who you choose to be your family, that are your friendships. I think that's a lesson that our, our kids really get. They get, Hey, you know, this is uncle so-and-so from out of town, aunt so-and-so from out of town. And, you know, all these kids, I call them my cousin because that's what they are to me. They're, you know, I think of like the, you know, we, we've been fortunate to go to Hawaii and I remember like learning more and more about the, you know, Ohana and the Aloha spirit. And there's something woven in there that I truly get. It's like, yeah, that's family. Like that's my cousin. That's, that's auntie. That's like, there's a spirit there and our kids have truly, picked up on that I think from watching our friendships and that's kind of cool um one thing they definitely know from watching us is I like the phrase quality over quantity you know you don't need to have 15 20 10 friends to have a rich life Mm. you just need a couple really good ones to rally around you and you to be able to rally around them so I think that's a lesson they've learned. You know, quality friendships are more important than having tons of friends. Yeah. They've seen that in both of us, I'm pretty sure. Um, and the last thing I have written down is a lesson that we try our best to teach in um, our kids being siblings to one another, but I think it goes hand in hand with friendships. And I, I wrote the sentence, friends give each other grace and space. Hmm. And... We've lived that, uh, especially in the last couple years. I mean, we have friends who, you know, if, if we mess up or we've had a hard moment, um, man, they just, they give us such grace for that. And I'll speak for myself on this one. My friendships, my girls know when I, I just need some space. Like, I just, just give me some space. I'm good. I need to go for a walk. I need to, you know, just kind of check on me in a week or so. Like, I don't need to be. I'm not the person who's tethered to someone else, even my best of friends. I mean, 
we don't need to check in every day, every couple days. Sometimes you just need space. And um, I think kids understand, for me at least, that I don't need to call, you know, let's say their Aunt Kim every single day to feel like we're connected. And, um, you know, as long as you're nurturing your friendship in a way that you know will, um, you know, show care and pour into someone else, it's just a way that um, we honor each other. We know each other's differences and what they need. And um, I think just understanding people for who they are, you know, it's, uh, I guess, a phrase we say with our kids. They're very different in how they receive love. Their love language is very different. Yeah. And that's important to show in friendships too. It's like, well, this friendship works, you know, this way and this one we jive this way. And I think just showing them how not every human's the same. And, you know, I guess love language would be a phrase to say it. Um, it's all different. So, you know, you can pour into people in different ways and still show friendship and love and um, just be observant and pay attention to that. So I think those are all, I mean, that's kind of a long way to say it, but those are all lessons I think our kids have seen. And it only makes me want to model it well, because as a parent, I really pray for the friends of our kids and their, their lifelong friendships. And, you know, I was talking to um, some elementary school kids and I was like, Hey, you know, I didn't make my best, best friends until high school. So, you know, there's, there's seasons for friendships too. I think that's another lesson. It's like, Hey, I had some friends in elementary school and you know, we go way back and we have stories, but you know, you have seasons for different friendships. And I think teaching young kids, especially that like, Hey, pour into your friendships and you be a good friend, but also you're not going to lose your whole world. If this one kid you've known for the last six years is no longer a great friend to you. Like, it's just not the, it's, you got a season for a new friend coming. So there's been so many lessons, even in our, um, our kids' lives. I think that they've, I think they've seen it. I think they've picked up on some things and, um, I'm hopeful for their future friendships because for you and I, and you know, it's been a common theme of the victory couch. I think what gets us to a part to celebrate life and to celebrate our victories, a huge part for both of us is our friendships. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Generosity with your time, talent, treasure, you know, is super important. And uh, if you can spend that with your friends and on your friends, it's just uh, it's the ultimate blessing, I think, for them and for you. Yeah, absolutely. So. All right. Well, I have another question for you. And this is a serious question. Okay. Okay. I'm ready. I mean, let's get right down to seriousness here. Um, We are busy people. And sometimes... I know I can speak for myself where things race through my mind. Okay. And when I get really busy, I have trouble sleeping. Okay. Where I have to get up. I've got to make lists. I've got to get going. I'll forgo a night of sleep just to get caught up on things if I feel behind. Okay. So my question is really, really important today and simple. Um, Can you give me some tips to help ease your mind or potentially fall asleep Mm -hmm. quicker? So if you're anxious, if you're um, just unsteady about what time you got to get up or, Mm -hmm. you know, maybe you're, you're nervous about, you know, the next day, like, give me, give me some tips that help you fall asleep a little faster. Okay. Well, I don't think I have as much trouble with this topic as 
you're sharing that you have. Um, but I've, I've had those moments before and I think there's a couple things. Um, one is sometimes you just need to take a walk. You need to ease your brain. You got to move your body a little exercise is always helpful to kind of wear your body down, relax it a little. Um, when you have racing thoughts, I just sometimes feel, at least for me, I know if I get anxious or especially if I'm angry or anything like that, and you know, whatever it is, you got to go take a walk. Got to go take a walk. I, I don't want to come back to um, the house where I want to relax if I have those emotions pulsing through my body. So take a walk is one. I think that's healthy advice. Um, I believe in melatonin gummies. I think, uh, I guess about a year ago, I discovered those. I think when traveling with children and let's say you're at a theme park and they're all jazzed up from the day, it, it does not hurt to give a, a child dose of a melon, melatonin gummy and, you know, calm their little bodies down a little bit. I think that is a fine, um, suggestion. Another one would be reading. Um, I'm not a big, I'm not the girl that reads, before I fall asleep. And I also think that in seasons of restlessness or a need to have calm, having books that pour into, um, you know, your spiritual life to maybe read scripture, maybe um, have a book of poetry. I, I really enjoy Morgan Harper Nichols. She writes some gorgeous poetry. And I think, um, for me, I, I have that book that I like to refer to in times of needing calm or clarity. Uh, that's that's a really good thing to do. So those are some things I can think of. Also, writing, I think, can be helpful, whether you're anxious or you need to sort things out. Just getting your thoughts, your um, uneasiness, your anxious feelings on paper are good to just kind of get out, almost like a poison um, it also allows you to reflect on what's going on in your day to day, what's going on in your life. And for me, like how far God has taken me when you look back at moments of anxiety or anxious feelings, um, I think just meditating on, like I said, uh, poetry or scripture or w whatever helps you, maybe a combination of both. That's what I would do. Um, that tends to be helpful. So yeah, I'd say a walk, meditation, prayer, um, poetry, scripture, words, and melatonin gummies. Those are my tips. That's good. Yeah. That's good. Maybe I, some soft music as well. Maybe some like, yeah, some music that just hits your soul. So yeah, okay. all those things. I, I, I have a handful of those on my list. Okay. Um, I think having a routine will help. Just number one, mm, like what's your good. routine? What's your bedtime routine? Because yeah. I know like most cases you take a bath. I have to. It helps my body shift. Relax your body, yeah. which relaxes your mind right. per se. And mm -hmm. your body and your mind are a cohesive unit. So as long as they're together, then, you know, that that's a good thing. Um, so I'm going to give you a couple of mine. So if I get really, really anxious and I've got a thousand things to do, right, I'll get up and just do them. So I'll just, I'll just say, I'm going to go and spend the next couple hours mm -hmm. because I literally cannot I fall cannot asleep. Sleep. Um, the other thing I can't do is if I, if I just don't want to leave because it's really, really super late, um, is I'll start making a list for the next day. So that to me, um, helps me if I can get it out of my mind and it's on paper 
And I'm like, okay, I gotta do this. I gotta call this person. I gotta send this email. I gotta go ahead and get this ready for testing. I gotta order the belts. I gotta do this, 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 this. So once it's out, I feel like, okay, then tomorrow I'll be ready to hit the ground running. Um, the problem is that sometimes that may take like an hour just to get it all out. Um, but once it's out, I feel like, okay, well now I have a plan. Mm. Um, and, and having a plan for me helps me to, to rest. Um, you know, reading's good, you know, watching your caffeine, I think is, is important. When are you having, you know, your coffee, your Cokes, your, you know, whatever, uh, even chocolates, whatever has that caffeine in it. You know, just watching that and when's sort of your cutoff point. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I know I was talking to a lady the other day. She says if she has coffee after two o'clock in the afternoon, she literally cannot fall asleep at night. Oh. So her cutoff is two. <laughs> and this was one of the other parents uh, mm-hmm. we had from, uh, you know, baseball. Um, you know, shower, I think is important. That helps me relax. Um, and then keep it cold. I think that <laughs> the cooler you are, the more snugglier, I don't know if that's even a word, mm-hmm. snugglier, is that is that a word, snugglier, sure. you get in the bed, and I think that that helps, you know, have a nice sort of bougie, how about that, um, comforter and a nice pillow, invest in that will help, um, and uh, no phones, no phones, we have no phones in our bedroom, we have, and we both have alarm clocks that are covered, mm-hmm. so no clocks, no light, uh, again, to reduce the melatonin levels, um, and, and that helps, you know, obviously avoiding naps in the middle of the day, that'll screw things up, and potentially aromatherapy, you know, the essential oils, like you sometimes do a little squirt in the kids' rooms sometimes, or you'll put a little um, thing in their bath That's just water. to kind of get that, get those, you know, those calming, you yeah. know, effects all working it together. So, you know, those are, those are my things. I, I, I read that the military helps their, 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 um, soldiers fall asleep quicker, especially if they need them to sleep for six hours, then we got to get moving. And one of the things that they teach them, and I remember this from, I guess, a book or something I was reading is they teach them to think of nothing for 10 seconds at a clip. And then they can think of whatever they want. And then they think of nothing for 15 seconds at a clip. And they do that. And some of these people, these soldiers can fall asleep within minutes. Mm. Um, I read somewhere that the average person falls asleep, I think in six or seven minutes. You fall asleep fast. When you're tired, you fall asleep way faster than I do. Well, that's what I think. Like when you exercise during the day, I know when I was training for my last Uh marathon, I could literally close my eyes and be out. Within a minute. Done. Um, But if you're, if you're anxious, Mm -hmm. you know, or if it's just a normal day, Or if you're thinking about 50 things, you know, it's a lot harder. So hopefully that helps. I definitely like to keep it cool. Cold, 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 cold. Cold bed equals snuggly equals a little cocoon. And, you know, I'm out. So, yeah. All right. I got another one for you. Okay. This one has to deal with placing boundaries in your life. Oh, boy. So. How much time do we have left? Yeah. So this is something I think over time you learn. I think it comes more natural to some people than others. I'm one where I believe it to be a natural thing of mine. Um, But my question is, do you think it's a good idea to implement boundaries in your life? And if so, what are some boundaries you find most important to practice? Hmm. Well, we have a saying here called protect the four. Yeah. So the four is Julie, myself and our two kids and protecting the four basically means that 
we're going to put ourselves first unless we're serving others. Um, because sometimes putting ourselves first is serving us ahead of other people, which is a necessity to keep the tree strong. Um, we know we only have so many years with our kids, so protecting dinners or protecting vacations or protecting where we go or what we do or who we let into the circle, whether it's who comes over for a play date or who we have dinner with or you know, spending time with people, it's really important that you protect you know, your core four or the protect the three or protect the two or whatever that is, whatever your family dynamic looks like. What would you say to a couple or a unit where they haven't had that discussion before? What type of advice would you give? Um, I think there could be times where maybe one of the, uh, let's say it's the wife, for example, who believes strongly in it or the husband believes strongly in it, but the spouse is like, well, why do we need to do that? Like, what advice might you give for families who haven't done that and, you know, have been a little bit more of a free-for-all? Well, why? Because, you know, in America right now, 50% of all marriages end in divorce. Why is it a necessity? It's so you can remain true to the person that you've agreed to be with for the rest of your life, you know? Um, and I think the other thing is, too, that having that that discussion it's super important because you need to be on the same page with what the boundaries are and mm. what what you put up as a boundary right. you know what i mean like young people when they when they you know live together whatever you know usually a female has one set of um what's going to happen on saturday night and the male has another because maybe the male's like well i'm having my friends over and we're going to play video games and we're going to eat pizza and drink beer and whatever. Right. And the female's like, well, wait a minute here. That was the time where we were going to watch the notebook and we were going to hold hands and we're going to snuggle and we're going to light candles and sing, you know, folk songs. Okay. And then all of a sudden, what? That's a really harsh stereotype, this, but okay. Go this ahead. stuff happens. All right. So all of a sudden now you come together, boom, and there's a problem there. Okay. Right. Or, you know, it's just like anything else. Like sure. what, what? What does that look like on mm -hmm. Sunday afternoons? Well, he goes and plays golf and or she goes and she goes shopping with her friends. And, you know, so that's fine. All of that's healthy. You know, individuality is healthy. But what's the boundary? And I, I think the, mm -hmm. the number one boundary is just letting other people in. Mm -hmm. I think that's the probably the, the but, you know, just like for us, though, you know, ours is sometimes holidays. OK, because of where your family lives, because where my family lives, we can't go and spend the first part of Christmas with this family and the second part of Christmas with that family. Like, right, Christmas morning is our family. We spend the first mm -hmm. part of the day, we protect the four, mm -hmm. right? Then we say, okay, we're going to have lunch here and maybe dinner here or whatever we're going to do it, okay? But we protect the four. Same thing with, with our holidays. We're going to spend this holiday with this group, this holiday with this group. July 4th is us, right? That's what we just had July 4th. We spent that protecting the four right um so I, I think that that's important just because um i mean look we can talk about boundaries all day um but you know um i think that it's really important to establish what it is and how it's going to work for you guys and i think the number one way to do that is through communication so what did i miss i don't think you missed a whole lot you actually put it out there really nicely um i just put out like I thought of boundaries in this way. I also thought them in ways of like, for example, social media boundaries. Yeah. 
um, you know, how often are you, you know, especially if you own a business as we have businesses, um, how often are you spending time on that? Like, are you going to set up a boundary? Like, Hey, only this day and that day, do I really work on content and post? And I don't need to be on it this day or, you know, I'll only check for 10 minutes. Okay. Set up your boundaries. I I've shared before that I put in time limits on my phone for different apps and different things. So I think that's another way to implement boundaries in your life. And I do think, you know me, I'm, I am queen of loving boundaries and sometimes to a fault. I, I'm not oblivious to that. I put boundaries. Sometimes I pe- keep people at an arm's length. I do that for the health of my sanity, for how I function, how I pour into our family. And I'm one that recharges by being by myself. And some of that comes to protecting time and emotion and all of that. So I, I like I said, I, I think sometimes the keeping boundaries, if you're like me where it comes natural, it can be challenging because, you know, people want to spend time with you or want to do this or want to do that. And you have to strike that healthy balance, which sometimes is challenging to find. But um, you mentioned obviously protecting the four. I put space for only the four of us. I need to have space for just me. And I need to have space for just us. Um, And space for just me can also be time where, you know, I'm having time with God, like whatever that looks like for you. Um, But I think keeping all of those categories in check, you know, if you're a person of faith, how are you spending time, you know, with God? How are you, if you're married, how are you spending time with your partner? If you, let's say, are taking care of your adult parent, how, okay, how did, how did you set that up? You know, there's so many categories as adults that we have. And I think prioritizing those categories can help you best refine what your boundaries are, what they need to be, and, you know, what's at the top of your list. So while all of those come to mind very quickly, I think it's also important to Think of the day-to-day tasks that suck away our time. You know, I've shared before, my social media tabs are in a folder called Time Suck. You know, just as a reminder, if I go there, I'm signing on. I'm, I'm telling myself, Julie, you're about to suck away some time of your life. You know, so whatever it is, how drastic you want to get or however subtle you want to be, I think the intentionality behind setting up boundaries, healthy boundaries, are incredibly important to functioning well. So I think it's a discussion if I'm just going to encourage our listeners out there, if you're in relationship with friends, with, uh, like I said, a a parent, with, um, you know, your spouse, with if you're in a dating relationship with your, you know, with your boyfriend, girlfriend, whoever you have there, I think having a healthy talk about what boundaries you set up and all of those categories are really important because it can only help your life you know, be in a fruitful way and it can only help your relationships be more bountiful. So yeah, it's, to me, it's really important. I think it's, it's healthy and it's a good thing to implement. So let's talk about the bad stuff this week. Uh, Julie, what is your couch crumb of the week? Couch crumb is, I just wrote the phrase. It's been hectic. It has been (laughs) hectic. And you know, we haven't, had the chance really to start checking off many bucket list items except maybe one maybe two 
And I really feel like that's crummy, but I also know that that was June. And in July, hopefully by the end of the month, I will not be stating that that's my couch crumb. So, yeah. Yeah. How about you? Uh, I just had an interesting stay at a resort. Oh, gosh. Over the weekend. Um, (laughs) And I'm not going to get into too much detail because I don't want to, you know, bash anybody. But let's just say... I stayed two nights. I was in four different rooms. And I'm going to give you some issues that I had to deal with. Okay? You ready? Windows that wouldn't lock. Doors that wouldn't shut. Mold. Electrical outlets that were live. Standing water. Broken furniture. And a mattress that was disgusting. Four rooms, two nights, in a, and I say this in air quotes, in a resort. So I don't want to say any more. That's all. You didn't even mention the heating, <laughs> heating air condition issue, but yeah. The broken, yes, the, yeah. the, the 91 degrees in the room. Mm-hmm. Yes, that, um. That was room one, so you know, shoot, that was yeah. yeah that was that was minor compared to some <laughs> of the others. Yeah, guys, imagine um, yeah. your spouse being on a, a important business trip, and you know this. Yeah, it just it turned really sour really quickly, and you know it's interesting because it's all in how you approach things. Yeah, and yes, it was your couch crumb, and it allowed us to have dialogue with our son, for example, and say things like, you know, how fortunate are we that our lives every day have zero of those issues because you go home to a climate controlled house where the windows lock and there's a security system and you have clean running water and, you know, fill in the blank, fill in the blank, fill in the blank. And truly while we could sit here and be like, man, that was ridiculous. And yes, it was like rightly so all that's ridiculous. Yeah. And how you respond to challenges, I think you were really given an opportunity to be like, hey, yeah, this this really, this was the worst. But yeah, how do we not dwell on it all the time and how do we handle it? And what type of example do we show to our kids for how we handle those situations? Absolutely. And it gave us opportunity to do such. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So it was a couch crumb, but... It was, uh, a, you know, a, a lesson, a lesson, a lesson of, everything's yeah. a lesson. Come yeah. on. What's the, <laughs> right? lesson? what is the lesson? All right, let's flip it. So what's your prop your feet up moment? Well, I, I mentioned it briefly earlier, but, um, you know, like we've shared before, I live on the opposite side of our state that I did not grow up. in. so when your best friend from high school, I have multiple best friends, but, um, you know, one of my very best friends, she, she stayed with us for a whole week, like a whole week, a whole week. And that doesn't happen in my life. Yeah. That she's does pretty not cool happen. Too. She's so chill. Yeah. She's, she's awesome. And, uh, just to have her and her daughter and to see our daughter, who's, you know, a year and a half older, hang out with her. And those two were inseparable the whole time. I mean, every waking moment they were together. And I'd look over and I'd be like, that is, that's the dream right there to have like your childhood best friends, like, and you each have a daughter and those girls are friends, you know? And, and they, yeah. you know, Dylan calls her cousin. 
Like, oh, yeah, this is my cousin. She's at, you know, hanging out at the studio. Yeah, that's my cousin. Oh, my heart just swells 10 times. So it was good stuff. Yeah. Yeah. That was fun. Yeah. Well, mine, mine's similar um, that over the past couple weeks, I've got a chance to hang out with some friends that I don't normally get a chance to hang out with. And uh, this past Sunday, went to church and I have basically my high school best friend and my current best friend mm -hmm. all sitting in the pews all next to me. And I thought, wow, this is such a cool moment. Um, and I just, I don't know, I, I had a hard time concentrating mm -hmm. because every, every once in a while I just look over, I'm like, this is so cool. Well, do you remember, like I leaned up, we had maybe four or five of our communal kids <laughs> between all of us. I looked over and I just mouthed you, this is special. Yeah. Yeah. This is and it could only be orchestrated by God because I will tell you <laughs> that as you know, if you listen to the couch, we are second service people. Yeah. We don't go to the first service. We think those people are a little bit crazy, okay? Because they to get they there, you got to gotta, you got to so get up early. early. You yeah. got to go. And and the crazy thing is, there's a lot. The, the service is more full in the earlier one than the later one. Yeah. Um, and in a Baptist church, that usually doesn't happen. <laughs> so, but anyway, our our local best friends, they always go to that early service. Mm -hmm. They never Rarely. come to the second yeah. service, hardly ever. Yeah. And they were there. They were there. And, and where did they sit? Right in front they of us. They sat right in front of us. You know, so that just doesn't happen. So, yeah, you know, we so have our cool. good friends um, from Michigan come in and, you know, it's just, it's, it was cool. It was cool. It was cool. Um, also, I will tell you that I had some validation um, over the weekend for my recommendation of the Chick-fil-A specialty drink you did that would be um go ahead julie frosted lemonade with strawberries darn right and it came from one of our younger listeners who we have not realized but she's made it through all of season one and half of season two yeah she's 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 so she's getting there she's listened I to mean, just about every episode it's really impressive and she said yeah, I had that and I, I tried it and people thought I were crazy and I wanted to say it's the Rick special and, you know, and it was just really, really adorable. But um, Paige, shout out to you. You are definitely one of our prop your feet up moments because to hear not only your validation of uh, of Rick's drink here, but also how... um you know, how, how you're, you're a listener of the pod. Like that was just, and, and we're, so pour, cool. we're pouring into you and Without we didn't even, we didn't it. even know we yeah. were pouring into such a young person. Yeah. So and it, it's cool. just cool. It's cool. So we love that. Those of you in that young demographic, you, you guys are the true rock stars that we're, uh, we're excited that are going to be leaders in our world. And, uh, Paige, you're definitely one of them. So Paige, dude, you're gnarly. <laughs> just so you know. And yeah. oh, so rad. Oh, so rad. Yeah. <laughs> so great job. You're our favorite Michigander. Okay. All right. So I have one other prop your feet yeah, up moment. Is I got a chance to go to the movies with my daughter. Um, and it was special. Yeah. Yeah. I know she's our daughter, but for about two hours, she was my daughter. And <laughs> I'm sitting there and she's sitting next to me. She's having popcorn. And she was excited. We would look at each other after each preview and we'd be like, ah, maybe, or nah, that doesn't look good. Or, hey, we could try to see that one. And um, I can't tell you the last time I've been to the movies with our daughter. Yeah. But 
um, this movie was pretty special and it was actually, it had to do with, you know, um, a daughter and her family and Mm. dad has a business and wants the daughter to take the business over and the daughter had other dreams, you know, one of those deals. Um, and it was, it was really special. You know, I looked over at her and I just couldn't help but think, you know, how many more times am I going to get a chance to do this where she's really excited you know, she was holding my hand. She was leaning on my shoulder. She asked if um, if I wanted to share her popcorn with her because it was an early morning movie. Yeah. It was 1030 <laughs> yeah. in the morning. Yeah. You know, like, again, I don't usually eat breakfast or anything before noon. And uh, so I had a couple pieces of popcorn, mm-hmm. but it was really sweet. It was a sweet. I cried just watching her watch mm-hmm. the movie. Mm-hmm. And I'm OK to say that it yeah. was just a touching moment. It was my prop your feet up moment, yeah. you know, so mm-hmm. special. Anyway, that's the stuff right there. That's the good yeah. stuff. Protect the four, protect the two, however you're going to do it out there. That's the good stuff. You know, if you're a listener, you know, hopefully you get something each week by being here. You know, you get some sort of glimmer of hope that it's not all bad because when you turn on the news and you turn on social media, the world's blowing up, it's falling down around us. And in some ways it is, but it's just the perspective of how you look at it because you know what? However bad your world is, somebody would trade places with you in a second. Mm -hmm. However bad that room was or how hot it was, somebody somewhere that that's their, that's their, their dream. So just, you know, just remembering that, you know, God's blessing you daily and he's giving you more than you need. And if you just relax, it's going to be okay. Lean on him, trust in him and, uh, you know, just share some light out there. That's what we need. So absolutely guys, there's more victories out there in your day to day than you realize. So take some time this week, reflect, make sure that you continue to pour into those around you. And, uh, if the topic of friendship has poured into you and and really made you kind of pause, we just want to encourage you to show some kindness to the friends in your circle who, uh, who mean the world to you. Let them know that this week. So Um, Guys, until next time, just know we're wrapping up season two. We're going to be taking a break here later towards the end of the summer. We'll let you know more about that later. But um, if you've enjoyed the podcast, guys, we cannot ask you um, enough. We hate to ask you, but we haven't had any uh, reviews in the last couple of days. So if you could take some time to go through, swing by wherever you listen to the podcast, Apple podcast is a big one. If you could um, rate us there on Spotify, Google, whatever you can. That would be so helpful to us. Also visit us on our socials. You know where they're at. If you're not sure, check the show notes and um, just stay in touch. We'd really love to hear from you. So listeners, new and returning Victory Couch Potatoes, we value you and we thank you for your time. So thanks for uh, letting us pour into you week after week and we'd love to hear from you. So take a second to do that and uh, just have a great week. Until next time, we will see you then. See you guys. Bye. We are Rick and Julie Rando, and you've been listening to the Victory Couch podcast. You can follow the Victory Couch on Instagram, Facebook, and thevictorycouch.com. Count your lessons, your blessings, and your victories. We'll save a seat for you right here next time on the Victory Couch.